Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the Matrix on the 24th of March 2011. Newcomers, as always, I suggest you look into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help yourself to the audios that are there for download. There's hundreds of them to choose from and they're free. And you'll see a whole bunch of sites there. These are the official sites I have, the only official sites I have. And um, they all carry transcripts as well. A lot of the talks I've given for prints up in English. But if you want transcripts in the other languages, go into alanwatsentinel.eu and take your pick from the choice offered. And remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you. I don't ask for backing from people. I expect the audience to, to do it. And my sign, too, for getting off there eventually will be when the money just dries up completely. I don't give you hype. I don't flog you anything that sell you with, uh, with, with um, hucksterism, which is fear and promotion and so on. I just try and get through the hour to give you facts uh, of what's happening, at least the facts as we're given, and then add a little more to them because I've read a lot more from the big boys themselves, their own books, to add to what they're actually really saying, which often is opposite what you think they're saying. Uh, Generally, actually, that's the case. So support me with with, uh, this program and buy the books and discs I have for sale at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll find how to do it there, too, and the choice offered and um, from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can always use a personal check or an international postal money order from your post office. You can send cash, and you can also use PayPal. Use the donation button on the com site or any of the sites that are listed there, and uh, follow it by an email with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Across the rest of the world, you've got Western Union, you've got MoneyGram, some people send cash, and you can also use PayPal again to order. And believe you me, use that button as well to donate because straight donations are really necessary now because it has cost me it's about $120 extra a month since they put on the harmonized sales tax just for postage. That's, the, that's what's cost me in postage, the taxes on postage per month. No kidding. And... Um, it's going to go up again this year. Again, it's only, got, it's only been in about four or five months, and they've jacked up twice already. It's a form of value-added tax, actually, and we're going the same way as Britain and all the other countries in Europe because they have a value-added tax. Here it's simply called the GST, and um, it's combined now with uh, the provincial taxes, and um, we're really getting screwed, of course. That's what it's all about. But this global order is supposed to all eventually go into the same system of value-added tax. Now, in value-added tax, technically it was supposed to be about luxury goods, but so they're not even bothering with that in Canada. Uh, they let all that ride, and because Canadians are even more laid back than Britain, believe it or not. And in Britain, they started off on things you didn't really need, like binoculars and so on like that. And then it went across the board onto everything, as it always does, because... We're played with, uh, like, children from the guys at the top. And, unfortunately, we're dumbed down and pretty pretty stupid. And most folk are 
like children, they, ex- they don't even ask the questions what, why or anything else anymore. They just accept it coming down from the great king on high, and they obey. Uh, never mind the fact that all taxes are supposed to go back towards the people. That's the function of them, and very little really does at all. Even when you've got a welfare state like Britain, uh, a, a small amount goes back to the people, and most of it goes into pockets. There's more corporate welfare out there uh, than anything else. Bailing out the big boys whenever they want a handout happens all the time. And, and of course, for ongoing wars for the global government, and uh, that's, that's priority right now. Uh, they love wars, you know, at the top, the big international bankers, because uh, countries have to go and ask for the cash to replace these one million, two million, three dollar million and upwards missiles that keep popping off every day. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and of course, as the world is supposed to appear to go crazy and that's really what it's supposed to do at this time uh, order out of chaos, you got to get the chaos first and fear everywhere and you know, I've gone through talks before from various um, Pentagon type uh, psychological operations where they talk about the average person can only handle about one, maybe two at the most major crisis going on in their lives at, at the one time. Any more than that, and they crack up. Some crack up at two. And uh, what happens then is they go into self-turning themselves, almost helpless, and and they either go into complete denial, uh, which again is almost, almost a psychotic state of going into a denial uh, under the circumstances, or uh, they... Um, We'll listen to the experts and hoping for for the, for the pacified stuff that comes out of their mouths to tell them it's all all right, leave it to us. We are the government and we are the experts and we are the scientists. And that's how it happens. And that's why they're giving you all of this thing, this at the same time. There's still banks going down across Europe, even Portugal. And um, and you've, you've got the power plants going off at uh, Fukushima. And we have, of course, the war on Libya. And they've already stirred up the one in Syria. Now, these are all the countries, again, that were on the list, remember, of uh, the New American Century group with uh, Wolfowitz and that uh, George Bush, Bush Jr. and uh, Rumfeld and all these guys belong to. And uh, so you're simply watching, as they said at the time, the countries they wanted to take out. And we've also had articles in the past on this program. I hate to use the word even program, it's as like I'm brainwashing you, uh, this educational show, or talk, talk, educational talk, Alan, right, that's it. Anyway, about um, the Rothschilds, who have talked about the carbon taxes, they wanted it all to go through the, from the world, through their, one, their, their family bank in Switzerland, and their spokesman actually came out and talked also about what he'd like to see about the Middle East where they bring a big conglomerate together, just like a united Europe of all the Arab countries, and set in their uh, fake democracy, of course, uh, which, of course, all, will all be paid off CFR members under the Arabic uh, form of CFR, because they have them in all countries, by the way. And um, and then everything will go smoothly as people are conned there under a guise of rights, freedoms, and something called democracy. And that's where they're going with all of this. We're going through, and I keep repeating this, an agenda, a long-term business plan, and that's how big corporations do it, the long-term business plan. And the other investments, they have their plans, the takeovers, 
uh, and um, these are actually aggressive takeovers of countries, you see, just what you do in business. And um, they're, they're using, the, of course, your tax money to do it, and, of course, your sons and daughters. Uh, not that they care much about them at all. That's a renewable resource. Every year there's more folk turning 18 to go into the next bunch. So uh, they're using everybody, as they always do, to get their world agenda through. Because, remember, this world agenda is not to be a democratic system. It's to be more of a Sovietized system. Uh, we've had Soros and many before him from the same organizations saying uh, that uh, we're in a post-authoritarian society. He loves China. And China is still technically communist, at least by its rulership and its governmental structure and system. You have to join the Politburo to get a business going over there. You have to agree to everything the government says and, and uh, that you have to do. And you can't complain about anything. It's a rather dangerous thing to complain, but they get things done. So Soros thinks it's a very efficient way of running a world system the same way. And that's why the United Nations, again, this big front, this big farcical front, they call the United Nations, uh, uses democracy as a reason to go off and slaughter other countries because they're a front themselves set up by the Royal Institute for International Affairs. Before that, it was a League of Nations set up by the Milner Group that blossomed into the Royal Institute for International Affairs dash Council on Foreign Relations. So I've gone through these histories so many times, but we're going through it today as well. And if you're on the target list of the new American century, it's been handed over to the Obama group and they're carrying it on because the 21st century is the century they're really talking about and this is the century of change. Academia has been prattling on about the century for a long time in the 20th century. The century to come is a century of change when they bring in this post-democratic system under the cover of democracy and they call it revolutionary democracy by the way. If you want to accept democracy we simply invade you to keep the peace, you know, just like the Romans went in to slaughter and kill and plunder and take over and force taxation on people under the guise of bringing civilization. It doesn't matter the rubbish they give you for the reasons of offense is offense and soldiers are soldiers. They're not peacekeepers, never have been, never will be. So let's not go into their Orwellian doublespeak. So we're going through, as I say, um, the order of chaos. And I'm sure they've got a lot more chaos to come, by the way, maybe even more uh, financial meltdowns. The states definitely will have one because they owe so much money they, they could never pay it back, never pay it back. The way it's set down at the moment, you wouldn't pay it back in a million years, if you had a million years, that is, not because you don't. But you'll never pay it back because it's all compound interest. And when you talk about balancing uh, that the, their payment of debt and balancing the budget, same in Britain and elsewhere, they're actually saying that they managed to pay the interest to the bankers on the debt that year, just the interest. Most of the time they can't meet it. They fall below that and they don't meet the, their, their budget for the year. So that's the world we really live in. It's nothing to do with people and democracy. The people are cattle. Your job is to be born and to be indoctrinated and to obey and work and pay taxes, consume to an extent, and then pay up your insurance for your own funeral before you die. And, and please don't live too long after you retire because the banks like to take that and the government likes to take that cash that you've been paying in all that time. They prefer if you just die a couple of days after retirement. 
I'm not kidding about that. I've had meetings about that as well, including the ones about extending uh, your working life, hoping you'll die off before you hit sometimes 67, 68. And with men, that often is the case. We're living in a financial racket, and the racketeers run the show. And these guys have got honorable titles, the great honorable so-and-so or sir so-and-so, all these big, big bankers that have run the wars uh, for the, over the whole 20th century, who've plundered the planet using, again, warfare and grabbing resources for themselves, which was one of the initial things that the group that worked with, the Milner Group, uh, which was the, the, the Cecil Rhodes Group, uh, which they decided to do was to take over the world's resources, that it would not be left in the hands of the people anywhere across the planet, and they'd get it, and they would be the caretakers, the guardians of the world, as Plato said, and it's their job, being the most, obviously, uh, best equipped to deal with these financial types of situations and realities, not the people at all. They also funded the Soviet system and plundered that pretty well, because I don't know if you ever read the articles at the time, how many, how many Russians, uh, sort of Russians, ran out of that country with millions, not in rubles, but in dollars, American dollars, when the wall went down and came over to the West during all that Soviet, Soviet era. Masses of money were made, and they did allow private banking as long as somehow you managed to get through with a good lawyer, of course, uh, that uh, you didn't make your profits off of labor, you see. And there's many ways lawyers can run around that, which they did. So everything is a racket in this world. I just call it the money racket, and um, that's what they used to call it too, racketeering and, and the numbers game. That's what it's all about. And our job, as I say, is to pay taxes, Pay taxes and pay and pay and pay. And now and you're going into austerity. You're supposed to pay all your disposable income. If it's not going off into war through other taxes, then it's going to go into fees and fines and permits and permits for, for, for burning or carbon or heating yourself or where it happens to be. So you will have no disposable income left. That is the world. That is the world that they sit and talk about when they go to Copenhagen. Of course, those characters who go to Copenhagen don't see themselves sitting, burning little bits of paper in the middle of a kitchen trying to keep warm, as they expect you all to do if you're stupid enough to go along with it. And I mean stupid enough to go along with it. You know, I used to talk about Great King Solomon, and the Masons love to put him up there in that big throne, you see, and all these steps. You know, you've got to count the steps, it all means something. And... um the slave comes in to see Solomon, and, and, and Solomon says, come here, and he, he crawls up those stairs there. But he's never looked Solomon in the eye, of course, keeps his head down and, and grabs Solomon's feet to kiss them, and, and Solomon kicks him down the stairs, you see. And doesn't stop the slave. He comes up again when he's told, and he tries it three or four times, same thing, until Solomon's disgusted with the slave. And you understand that's the mentality those at the top have about the general public. If you take it and take it and take it, they become disgusted with you. You're less than human. You're an animal. That's that's how it works. You become an animal. There's a, a little bit of dialogue in the movie called V for Vendetta where the scientist who was responsible for using prisoners to test this new drug on, this injection, 
talks about it later on, of course, when it's her time to get disposed of. And she says the same thing about them. They came in and were so abject, they didn't speak up for themselves. They looked at the floor until she was disgusted with them. These lab rats, these human lab rats, she was disgusted with them. And that's when the, the sadism comes out in people and become terribly, um, not just aggressive with the people, but uh, arrogant, incredibly arrogant with the people that they despise. And that's how they talk about all of you. It's their common daily talk and speech uh, how much they're disgusted with you all. And there's only one way it can change, isn't there? Now, I mentioned too about the carbon taxes in Australia, how the Prime Minister there, this woman, has obviously got the job to bring it in. And I'll talk more about this when I come back from this break. Hi folks, we're cutting through the matrix and talking about the, the carbon taxes and of course I've chosen Australia to kick it in and uh, remember too that Australia, New Zealand and other countries including Canada are part of the British Commonwealth as they call it or Commonwealth of Nations that's where the elite take the, the wealth of the commoners for themselves and Milner himself came up with that term by the way, uh, Commonwealth of Nations anyway it sounded better than the Dominions, which they called it mob before. But uh, they've given this woman who's a radical Fabian um, to bring in this agenda. She wants the honours to do it for her better as the ones above her, the ones who put her in place and trained her. And uh, you must go into the Fabian Society. There's, I've got a lot of stuff in my archives too you should check out there because I do go into the Fabian history, the founders, what their socialist agenda was, who funded them, the big multimillionaires, like the Astor family was one, and all the big foundation, other foundations fund them, and they work as, a, as one of the, the arms of the Royal for International Affairs, because international affairs also takes, makes sure that the left wing is applied with the leaders too. To, to make sure they're on the right track, that is, but the same track as the other side are on in, in actuality. This came from a writer, uh, a writer to me. It says, I'm so pleased to hear your show. We are talking about what's been going on here at the moment in Australia regarding the protests about the carbon tax. I've been so angered and saddened by the way the media have rep- uh, misrepresented and fabricated lies about the protest held yesterday. Many people traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles to attend the protest at their own expense. A lot of people were older Australians who had never protested anything in their lives. That's a lesson for everyone else out there, by the way. Uh, that is how passionate this issue has become. The media focused on a few rogue pl- uh, placards in the crowd, one of which was unfortunately behind the leader of the opposition as he spoke to the crowd. The illustrious leader, the Prime Minister, stayed away from the protest and made her comments in Parliament. Julia Gillard, one of his Gillard or Gillard, is most competent and comfortable with this, within the safety of the walls of Parliament, but proved useless or, uh, during the devastation of Cyclone Yassi, and she proves she's totally inept in front of the Australian public. She's personally called the protesting people extremists. So there you go. It's just a, a, you understand, this is the nearest term to terrorists. You understand what, what they're getting at here. 
And that, of course, all their, their media there is owned by the same CFR bunch as Canada and elsewhere, you see. But they're painting them as extremists, and they say that's the closest that you can get to the next step of terrors, terrorism, you see. Only uh, to go on later in Parliament, stating she had not attacked the Australian public, who were at the protest, doublespeak. Uh, it says that this particular protest began impromptu by a caller to a radio talkback show saying we should take to the streets and protest. And before the fellow knew it, he started a rally that grew and grew. One broadcaster at the radio station decided to support the rally and promoted it. It was completely grassroots with no funding from any organization. The people paid their own way and, and the only major help they received was continual promotion of the rally on one radio station. Thousands of them went. Shows the control in Australia too, you know. I'm so proud of all those people. Australians are an apathetic lot, so you have to know they're fired up if they hit the streets and protest. It was a huge regret of mine that I was unable to attend. And um, this is, of course, all the global warming enthusiasts believe this tax will be the solution to the warming problems they believe we have. And, of course, they will because they're paid to. Uh, they do get funding, of course, the, the ones who are promoting all the, the cutbacks and the taxes. They must throw money at the sky like we throw money at wars, I suppose, and the brilliant scientists that give us meltdowns and stuff like that. Well, bring us all the solutions. What a stupid, stupid belief that is, isn't it? Stupid belief for stupid people. And there's lots out there. But again, their leaders are always funded. Because a real grass movement, you see, that didn't have time to get infiltrated and got on the streets, and the older guys were out there too, as they should be in every darn country. Because the big boys promote all the youngsters to riot on their own behalf because they want them to, to belong to NGOs. They don't want the older ones with a bit more common sense coming out on their own and just speaking the blatant truth. So that should be a lesson to everybody, I hope. I hope. Because I'm telling you, it's going down everywhere. And when it goes into one country and they get away with it, You've heard it all before. Well, Australia's doing it. Why don't we? And again, who put the bill forth for all this? Rothschild. Rothschild was a guy who put the bill forth, uh, uh, again, to the, to the community, the world community, the strange term, this world community. And they want it all through their bank, of course, in Switzerland, where they'll accumulate incredible interest overnight from trillions of dollars going through. And it's also to bring you to your knees in austerity. In fact, the representative from N.M. Rothschild actually talked about that. This is the new market, that carbon and energy is the new market. They've planned all in advance, so we cannot let them get away with it. Unless you truly want poverty. Truly. It's It's as simple as that. Simple as that. And anyone to, who just goes along with the crowd to get along with the crowd or, or even go along to get through life, really, they don't deserve freedom or anything else. And it's true enough what the Founding Father said many times about that very topic. You don't deserve it if you're not willing to stand up for it. Right, mentioned the arrogance and the contempt that the leaders have for you. That spreads all the way down to the cop on the street, you understand? They take all their cues from those above them. And you're allowing it all to happen by gazing at that darn television and watching your sports and your comedies and your porn and all the rest of it. You make me ashamed sometimes to belong to this thing called the human race. 
Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and there's a couple of callers on the phone, so I'll go to David from Montana, if he's there. Hello, David. Mr. Watt? Yes. I just wanted to confirm what you're talking about. Uh, this is the first time I've called any radio station or anything, but I went through um, quite an ordeal and didn't know what I was going through until I listened to quite a few stations and, and, I, and I got listening to you and uh, I went through sheer tyranny for a while. And uh, they tried to drive me crazy, and it was just incredible. Um, I went through, you know, I was completely dumbed down. I was surrounded by people that kept me dumbed down. And then they, then my wife asked for a divorce, yeah. and you know, hell just broke out. Yeah, yeah. It was just, uh, uh, you talk about being overwhelmed by things, you know, that, like you said, they just kept coming at me with, you know, so much stuff that it was just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went into the justice system, and they just about did whatever they wanted to me in there, and I got out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and um, so then I went into, you know, the churches. They were there. Yeah. And then I went into, like, AA. You know, mm-hmm. everywhere you go, like you're talking about, they're there to, you know, to kind of, Move you around. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like moving in a circle back to where you started, which is a, a good, good, happy, contented citizen. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, and it got to be to the point where I've had to isolate myself. Yep. Because everywhere I go, they there there seems to be a big grid out there of people that are bought and paid for. Well, there are actually, and, and I'll tell you. It, is, it isn't just, uh, I've talked about the system in Britain, for instance, common purpose, uh, where literally thousands of uh, officials of all kinds, right down to uh, even AA, are put in place, and even police chiefs and so on, even if it's against the law to them to, to have them involved in a so-called NGO and an official capacity at the same time. They do these things, councillors, mayors, everything, uh, even military officers. Well, it's the same thing in the U.S. and Canada and elsewhere, too. You have the same system there, and these people are paid extra to turn people back in to the loop again uh, if they happen to approach them and try to get in and have different ideas. They try and, first of all, straighten you out and then flatten you out. If they straighten out, it doesn't work, they flatten you, and hopefully they get you back into the loop again as a happy, contented uh, moron, basically. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I'm going through right now. And even my family members were involved in this. Yeah. My kids were. My yes. Cousins, everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I was wor- you know, worth a little bit of money. There might even be life insurance. I'm not too sure. Yeah. But uh, I'm in a local union, too, and I went back to work. I got out of jail, went back to work, and I thought it was over with. But then I started getting uh, get sheer tyranny at work, too. Yes. I had to even record people to, you know, prove... Um, for my unemployment or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of getting through that right now. And then finally I've got, you know, an attorney, and they're starting to talk about, finally he's starting to talk about maybe getting this through with. I'm not too sure, but uh, 
Mm-hmm. You know, people have been trying to get me to break restraining orders, and, and I've just had to pull myself. I'm in Montana. I'm from California. I own a big, beautiful home there, and and, uh, mm-hmm. and I've been just kind of wandering, <laughs> you know, yes. job to job. And people, mm-hmm. you know, once I start, you know, uh, re, you know, like working out at a health club, you know, I'll bump into people that I know are part of it, and mm-hmm. it's it's wherever you go. If you start going somewhere repeatedly, they'll send somebody there to interfere with you. That's right, because the the people the people themselves, you see, they're they are dumbed down. They're told to not think for themselves, just be happy, you know, just be happy, and they they hate anyone coming into the, the little world who's telling them something that's uncomfortable to their happiness, and uh, and they react against it. They've chosen not to know. They, what scares them is the fact that whatever you're saying they suspect might just be right and true. And if that is the case, then they have to start making decisions about themselves and what to do. But they're so comfortable in their present uh, routines and so on, they don't want to break it, so they'd rather just turn on you. That's a technique which governments will use on the public. They have used for a long time. They get the, the mob, the general population, to turn on those who know too much or are trying to wake them up. That could, they can actually use a mob against you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what it seems to be. It seems to be people that are actually working for the government, the state or whatever. The mm-hmm. state is God or whatever. And um, Well, I'll tell you a little thing about that because Jack's, um, it was Jacks E. Lull who wrote about um, the total surveillance system in the 1950s, which was set up for all Americans, uh, Canadians, British, and so on. And at that time he said they used a Cardex system the old card stuff, uh, system on a wheel to put all the data in about every citizen around. And he said they would not let the public know how the information on them was gathered at that time. A lot of it was actually from spies. For every, th- every couple of hundred people, they had a spy in every street. No kidding. And they were there to record gossip and have you chat in the street and what you're up to and just turning this kind of stuff into to uh, the police forces, which who also kept their databases on the people. And uh, this was across Canada, as I say, states and Europe. And um, uh, and then eventually, of course, they got the computers, which is much, much easier. But they still have their spies out there. That also came in during the interview in Britain in the 80s when they had... Uh, the big nuclear threat and, and made the movie Threads. They talked to the big chief police of the whole of Britain uh, who wanted to t- a totalitarian system, by the way. He was quite blatant on about, uh, about it when he was interviewed. And um, it came out then, too, that they had... Uh, it was asked, Do you, we hear you have um, spies on every street, and the man kind of hummed and he hawed, and then he's, he's kind of had said, well, it would be perfect if we did. But and in fact, they actually did. You have them in every community. You also have retired civil servants, both from your state and your federal government, who are, are, get early retirement, but they're, they're given their full wages, and, and they're also funded to move off in, into country, different areas, towns, and so on, settle down, set up little NGOs, and actually uh, collect data on all the people living in the towns. That's still happening today, yeah. Well, it seems like a lot of businesses are involved in this. You know, mm-hmm. your hotels, motel, I don't care what, you know, businesses seem to be involved in this grid. And, and the surveillance that I've gone through has been incredible. And also my phone being, you know, if I call somebody, mm-hmm. you know, then they'll call them. And then, you know, then they're pretty soon they're screwing with me. It's, yeah. it's been, and all I've had to do is just say, you know, just, you know, just, you know, release myself from people, you know, that, and uh, just, and not be scared. Yes. Try and scare the hell out of you. 
mm-hmm. and you you know with the sheriffs and all of that and you just got to you just got to mm-hmm. just stick out your chest and go you ain't scaring me yeah they they do use intimidation and that's also been part of, of this homeland security and terrorism everywhere that they have given up so many um, ads on television to people to turn folk in anything suspicious anybody who's behaving suspiciously saying odd things and they are doing it like good little robots that they are yeah yeah and one last thing and the only thing that's really got me through this is that i've i've had to uh become a um, just straight and narrow person i mean my morals and everything i've had to just take them to the top yeah, you have to start with yourself because you're the only material that you, you can be sure of changing. That's yourself, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's the only control that you got. And you got yeah. to keep yourself clean and clear, and and um, the, the rest will take care of itself. And it's been yeah. an incredible, and I'm not through it yet. But no, I, I know exactly what you mean because everyone will go through the same process, and you, you do you analyze yourself, uh, your whole history, everything you've done. And whether you like it or not, it will come back to you, everything you've done. And then, then you've got to change yourself because, as I say, um, basically everyone's contaminated in, in this system by the indoctrination. And we've got to clean ourselves up. And uh, you, as, I say, as I say, the only person you can be sure of altering is yourself. You, you are, you know, basically in charge of your own uh, building yourself. And that's how you've got to start. Yeah, that's about the only control that you have. That, and yep. that's, that's the truth out there. Well, well, thank you, Mr. Watts. This is the first time I've been able to even talk about it, you yes. know, without, without, you know, kind of sounding crazy. <laughs> no, it's, believe you me, I, I've got lots of people I'm in touch with who go through these processes, and it's always the same, especially with family. One wakes up, one doesn't, and uh, they can't live together then because the, the one who still likes to live in the, the old fake belief system will, will uh, turn on the one who's woken up, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thank you for everything you're doing. Thanks for calling. Thank you. And um, we've got Tom. Is it from Wisconsin, is it? Tom from Wisconsin. Hello? Oh, can you hear me? Yes, I can just hear you. Yeah. Well, I've been on a kick of watching movies put out by Hollywood that depict government in its role. Uh-huh. I just watched Fury Rising with Bruce Willis from 98, yep. and I have to tell you that from the moment go, it starts out with a uh, militia group, theme, yep. a militia theme group that is saying that they are a part of the Republican uh, United States of America. Mm-hmm. And not the false threat, but the actual the Republic. They're, they're, in, the, in the dialogue of the film, with the storyline, it starts out with this group saying that they're a part of the republic and they're there to take back what was, you know, the ill-gotten gains, they even said in the yeah. film. But um, I just I wanted to call and share that with people. They should watch that film because the whole film literally just lays out the overall agenda and, 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 and lays out really the propaganda that the government is actually here to help us when, in fact, it's the opposite. And, it's, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, Alan, is this uh, republic of the United States of America group that is formed and apparently handed the 50 governors of the 50 sovereign states, well, actually the corporate states, the governors, those states, uh, the notice that they have to swear, you know, that's for their oath or they're removed. Yeah. And none of them swear to their oath. And so by law, Alan, um, is there now a de jure 
Republican form of government that is now taking shape. And I don't know if you've heard about this. I've, I've read up a little bit. I've been to the website, um, and I haven't heard from anybody yet. But I'm just wondering, is this? you think this is for real? No, I don't, to be honest with you. It'd be nice if it was, because everyone in the States has been taught since President Wilson, uh, more so and more so after the 1950s, actually, uh, that uh, the U.S. is a democracy. It's not. It's supposed to be a, a republic, uh, so that they could not end up with a socialized system uh, where minority groups could eventually rule over the majority. Of any, and that also goes for, for the guys in government. They're a minority, remember. And um, they couldn't go outside the parameters of the Constitution. And But since then, you, you've seen the propaganda yourself for your whole life, I'm sure, where they come along and tell you, and it's taught in school now too, that it's an outdated document, it's, it's no good for this day and age, etc., etc. And in reality, it's good for every era because um, they basically saw, they were far better educated, the Founding Fathers, uh, than anyone today in, in the U.S., and most of them spoke Greek, Latin, and so on. They knew all their histories, and they knew about the previous empires and so on. And they modeled it to, to some degree after ancient Rome. Uh, they decided a republic was far better, and they, they did try to, they did try to um, keep the divisions of government apart, the executive and so on. But in reality, since, as Carl Quigley said, since about the, the 18, late 1800s, 1890s, when the group that was formed in Britain merged with the one, or set up the one in the United States, that eventually, eventually was called the Council on Foreign Relations. He says there's not a single president uh, actually not belong to this group, regardless of the party he lords over. He said it's not necessary that all the other members, the lesser politicians are members. It's only important that they get our, we get our man in on, on all sides. And that's been like that since for a hundred years now. And it's the same in Britain. Uh, the British system has the same groups, by the way, in India. They put up the leaders for India and Australia and Canada. And they rotate their, their annual meetings around all these countries. And they have New Zealand and Australia as well. So this group have been running the world for a 100 years. That's why you've had all these wars. They said it was necessary to have world wars to bring the world's population to their knees and uh, to rule over them both financially and use that as a weapon, by the way, economic warfare and debt, and also to give up this, this dangerous idea of national sovereignty. It's far better, as Rockefeller says, to have uh, intellectuals and bankers, he said, ruling the, the world uh, than have uh, countries going off in their autonomous directions by themselves. And they really mean this. That is a tenet of their, of their, 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 their reason for being. And we're living through it now. But the U.S. is supposed to be a republic. And unfortunately, regardless of all the warnings that founding fathers and so on gave to the public, um, regardless of all that, when he said that you're supposed to even overthrow them when you see that they're treasonous and they're not serving the public, um, the public have, uh, have become so docile, uh, fat and lazy and happy and never, never ever in history so given to so much entertainment um, they're adapting through all the changes without, without a care. And they won't care until they squeal at the end, you know, like stuck pigs. That's what folk do. They don't care about what happens to anyone else, but when they get, when it comes on, the, when the gun sight is turned on them, and this big eating machine of war is not finished yet, once it finishes off the Middle East and the American century, it comes back and it turns on its own people. Believe you me, it's going to do that. And, um, 
you know, how you get back to your republic, uh, you're not going to get it by, by being nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, the thing, the thing that I'm thinking is that there has to be an alternative organizational structure that people can turn to as a support mechanism. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I realize that in the end you're saying that everybody for themselves has to say, I don't want this, I want something else at a mm-hmm. minimum. Uh, what I'm also trying to get at is, is it possible that there is this group of people that have self-organized and have decided that, that when this empire collapses, that mm-hmm. the alternative will be there for people? Or, I mean, are you just saying that it's most likely already uh, um, a, a diversion for those who are trying to... It, so it's been a diversion because, you see, when it collapses, the big boys don't allow things to happen. That They don't. They come out like the phoenix and from the ashes, you understand. That's one of their symbols, in fact. And they believe, they've already got it set up that they take over and continue ruling. In fact, there's no lull at all in a sense. They come out with a new system over the people. And it's not generally until about 20, 50 years down the road you realize you've been had again. So you, to have a grassroots organization, you must have something to go on to start with. A, even the Marxists had it to, with their planks for their, for their manifesto. You've got to have some kind of um, manifesto of your own. And you've got to, even the Constitution was a manifesto. And you've got to have um, uh, the tenets to believe in that must be stuck to rigorously. They cannot be altered or bent. They must be stuck to. And uh, and that, I don't think there's an organization that literally has that set up. And you need devoted people who can recognize when they've been infiltrated and by whom and get them out right away. Uh, and constantly do it because you'll constantly be infiltrated if you try and set something up. Well, um, I would encourage you to take a look at it. This is the Republic of the United States of America. they got a website and everything that people can call the contact. But I think it would be beneficial yeah. if people investigated that as, as, you know. Yeah, I will do. Yeah, I'll have a look. See, thanks for calling. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix and we'll go to Richard from Alberta. Are you there, Richard? Hello? Hello, Richard. Hey, Alan, how you doing tonight, man? Not too bad. I'm hanging on with my fingernails. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I've been uh, fighting the New World Order for a while. Well, I just kind of woke up when I was a kid, so I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. But uh, I was just kind of curious, what do you think we can do? Because it, you always kind of sound like you're saying, like, that people, that everything's controlled and everything yep. kind of paints an ugly picture. I was just wondering, what do you think we can do to, to beat these guys? The people have to start to demand what they want themselves, not from their politicians, because their politicians never listen to them. They've got to start having street lap rallies. You know the big rallies they had uh, to, to ban the bomb, all that stuff? Even though they were led by the big NGOs, thousands of ordinary people turned in, you know, to, to join with their children and all the rest of it, and simply say no to things. And just like everyone in Australia now with, with the carbon taxes, they've got to make a presence for themselves and continue and continue until the people get what they want for a change because they've never had it before. Well, you got, you got a lot of groups like that. You, are you familiar? I'm sure you're familiar with We Are Change. Yeah. They have a lot of groups, and they have chapters all over the world, and they're really starting to uh, pu- to push back on the whole glo- global uh, warming lie. 
Mm-hmm. But it isn't just a global warming lie. We've got to come. See, we've got to change our whole way of looking at everything here, and stopping allow, allowing the, the, the our politicians are living like kings now with their with their massive dining and their multi billion dollar security and food systems and all the rest of it for their lovely little meetings. And uh, you know this this has gone way too far, and we're watching the Caesars of ancient Rome just plunder the planet and, and scoff at the public. That's how bad it is. And we've got to do a lot more than that. And it's going to take continued protesting, massive protesting, to stop this darn system going the way that non-elected people, by the way, I'm talking about the, the, the systems that run the government, over the government, the, like the Council on Foreign Relations, for instance, um, and stop them from, from uh, uh, running our lives because they plan the future for us. The politicians just do what they're told. And that's all they are, a bunch of lackeys, you know. Well, if you read any of the... Uh the reports from like Chatham House or CFR, it, it's, it's the policy handed to them. Oh, it's handed to them. And remember, too, like Orwell said, there's an inner party, too, where they go along their own way and they don't publish that to the public. You can get into the CFR site in Chatham's house, but you can't get into the inner party. They actually say that, too, the special passwords for those in the inner party. And um, that's where the real decisions are met, made. Now, all Rhodes Scholars are the same. They're in on this. They're part of it like Bill Clinton, uh, you have academia with her professors picking the, 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 speci- the special candidates that become uh, Rhodes Scholars to go into world government. That's what they're all picked for. It's set up for world government leaders. And um, they, they, they're, they're lifelong members of All Souls College. Uh, and that's where the big plans are made. And if you, again, go into Quigley's stuff, he'll tell you the history of them and how they even set up the, from the Boer War, they set up that, they set up the South African War, and they set up uh, World War One. They were used 15 years of propaganda to get them ready to go into war against Germany for World War One. And then it, it, after that, they said the public still had not got to their knees to give up their rights and sovereignty. We need another World War, and they gave us one. Yeah. Well, I'm just starting reading uh, Tragedy and Hope, the thick book. But uh, I was going to ask you, I want to ask you about you, you said the. Uh... Well, I should end of the show, and we're kind of running out of time. But read that, and you've got to read the Anglo-American establishment by the same author. But thanks for calling from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada. It's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you.